I'm Abigail Bassett, and this is Innovation Unrestricted, a custom podcast from Fastco Works and Lenovo. In this series, we'll hear from industry leaders about shifting to a sustainable model of design, use, and return, and how companies can also meet the needs of people from all backgrounds and abilities. On today's episode, we're gonna take a look at how companies can incorporate diversity and inclusion into their leadership strategies. Joining me now is Lenovo's Chief Diversity Officer and President of the Lenovo Foundation, Calvin Crossland. Hey, Calvin, thanks for coming on the show. Abby, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Calvin, I want to start to talk a little bit about how you ended up in working in technology. You have a family history, and I'm curious what brought you to this space? Yeah, I'm a second-generation IBMer. Uh, My mother was with IBM for 30 years as a programmer and then as a system engineer. And we had a wonderful, uh, I'll say, um, experience with the IBM company. And so as a child growing up, I thought this would be a great company for me to work for. Um, And so that led me from IBM to Lenovo. I came over in 2014 as part of the acquisition of the System X product group. And I've been here for seven years. It's been a wonderful journey. Now, you have quite an interesting title. You're the chief diversity officer. And generally, diversity isn't something that most people think about when it comes to technology. But what does that look like for Lenovo and what does that mean to you? Yeah, I think as a technology company, we have a responsibility to ensure technology we make is truly for all. At Lenovo, our smarter technology for all is more than a slogan or a vision. It's our North Star, our desired state. Do we develop and deliver products for all humankind? I mean, we formed a product diversity office in 2019 to ensure our products met the needs of people from all backgrounds and all abilities. And we're very, very focused on taking that office in 2025 so that 75% of our high-risk products go through the product diversity office. Um, As a global company, you know, we have employees in 60 countries and 180 markets. So uh, we are very reliant on the principles of diversity and inclusion. And when a product goes through the diversity office, what does it mean? What can users or consumers expect on the other end? Yeah, you can assure that it has diversity built into the product. So we try to start at the development cycle with all products. And we try to weave in diversity throughout the process and make sure that things are accessible, right? We have accessibility design experts that review all of our products for that. And most people don't usually consider this aspect of technology. Why do you think that needs to change? Well, again, when you're talking about having employees in 60 countries and 180 markets, I think you have a responsibility from a global perspective to try to keep in mind the diverse nature of your consumer group, right? I mean, you have people of all ethnicities, you have people of different abilities, mental and physical. So I think it's a responsibility as as a company that's leading edge in technology. And we certainly want to be a brand that's recognized for being accessible, that you have a process that you have your product teams go through to ensure that. How is technology and diversity really interrelated in the ways that we may not expect? Well, if you think about things like your phone, right, if you think about your your fingerprint uh, in terms of the ability to open your phone or facial recognition, uh, those types of things take into account things like the structure of your face, size of your hand, skin tone. So if you don't have someone testing for those types of things, it's not going to work in all markets for all ethnicities, for gender. So I think that is one of the most important things is that our technology works for all. How do you think technology might change or evolve, especially coming out of Lenovo, based on these diversity initiatives? Well, I think a lot of things that we begin by designing with diversity in mind eventually become more useful on a broader context. So if you think about things like subtitles, right, 
that may be designed for someone who's hearing impaired, but I find myself using that all the time in various circumstances, right? So I think what you find is innovation when you're trying to develop products that serve a diverse audience. Uh, what you end up doing is innovating products that work for a broader audience as well. You mentioned Lenovo's product diversity office, and I know that you guys have worked with a bunch of different organizations to integrate feedback into product design. Can you give me an example of some of those products that we might see? Yeah, so Lenovo Voice was the first product to complete the PDO process. It entered the market as diversity approved solution. Uh, Lenovo Voice offers real-time translation assistance, subtitle assistance, voice input capabilities, and making the PC more intelligent, convenient, and efficient. Uh, so Lenovo Product Diversity Office also donated recently Yoga C6 convertibles to our Governor Moorhead School, which is the North Carolina School for the Blind. And we worked with that organization uh, on a project and lesson plan for four high school students that utilized our product, incorporated some of the unique technologies we have for the North Carolina technology standard. So it's not just consumers who will see the fruits of your work, but high school students too. You also mentioned that about 75% of Lenovo's products, which is a significant number, will start to be vetted for inclusion through this new office. It'll be vetted by design experts and others by 2025. Why is this in particular such a huge milestone? And what does it mean for consumers of all abilities? Yeah, I think the product diversity office was just launched in 2020. So we're giving ourselves the ability to scale. It's a small office and like many things, it's matrixed in nature. So what you're trying to do is rather than create a large team, you have a small team that's really trying to embed this into the culture and the fabric of Lenovo when it comes to product development, right? So that's going to take a fair amount of time. And we also want to make sure that we're running a more of our high-risk products through the product diversity office. There's some products that are very low risk in terms of the human interaction that, that's required. And there's others that are very high, like wearables, things like I've mentioned before, where it's facial recognition, fingerprint recognition. Those are the types of products that you really want to run through this type of process. Calvin, when you say a high risk product, what does that mean? That's things like products that use things like facial recognition, hand size, facial structure, or skin tones, or even artificial or augmented intelligence. Oftentimes when we design these things, if we're not intentional, we can bring human bias into these types of tools and technology. Perfect. Well, Calvin, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. And it sounds like Lenovo has some fascinating initiatives on its docket. Thanks, Abby. It's been a pleasure to be here, and I really thank you for your time. We'll be back after a short break. World-Changing Ideas is sponsored by Lenovo, a global technology company building smarter technology for all. Lenovo is focused on providing products and services that build a brighter, more sustainable future for its customers, colleagues, communities, and the planet. This starts with the innovative applications of its technology, which benefit both the environment and the health of communities around the globe. Stay tuned to learn more about how organizations are shaping technology to create a better world. Welcome back to Innovation Unrestricted. I'm now joined by Eric Anderson, an associate professor at Carnegie Mellon School of Design. He's also one of the co-founders of the Integrated Innovation Institute and an instructor and co-director of its Master of Integrated Innovation for Products and Services program. Eric, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Let's talk a little bit about sort of this idea of innovation and product design. Can you tell me why product design is such a key aspect to making technology work for all kinds of people all over the world? Well, I think product design historically has always been a way for technology 
to reach people in positive and productive ways. The challenge is that you know, forever, even today included, it's really been focused on the elite and those who can afford technologies. Today, product designers have the opportunity, and I think the responsibility, to include broader audiences and really try to have the goal of including everyone as they consider technology and what the value of technology is and how it can really impact people in positive ways. And when we talk about sort of this bias that exists in technology, what does that look like? Most people, most of us don't think about it, right? We just kind of use our smartphones or we use our computers and think, okay, cool. This is just kind of how it works. And I kind of have to adapt myself to work with it. But when you're talking about product bias, what does that look like in the technology space? I think product bias looks like a design outcome that is smartly considered, but often considered from the voice of the designer. For folks who have this idea of something that they can create new and that they think would be a feature or a benefit to others. The challenge is, is that when you look at it from a particular lens, whether it's the designer or the company that the designer is working in, and they have a particular cultural lens or perspective, that you, by default, exclude others. So that bias uh, involves not being able to consider, you know, one obvious one is women. You know, there's so many products that just don't consider gender. Another would be just people with different abilities. You know, oftentimes, if you are designing in a vacuum, you think about people with abilities. And oftentimes that model is the white Western male, somebody who is well able and capable of performing multiple tasks or all kinds of tasks. And the reality is, is that, you know, research shows that there is no average person. So looking at it from that lens, which even today, a lot of products continue to do, you exclude people because you are not even giving them the opportunity to be considered. How imperative is it that companies consider inclusivity and accessibility in their products from the planning stage right through getting the product into consumers' hands? How vital is that? If you are designing products for a mass of people, you know, as opposed to a custom product, then it's vital, it's critical. I think you have to have those conversations from day one. You got to have that conversation as you are considering whether an idea is worth being considered, developed, and then executed. At that stage, it's important to have people who have a varied background, varied experiences, both in culture and identity and gender and just world experiences that allows them to contribute to the shaping of that product idea. And then once that idea is recognized as being something that is potentially valuable, then it's equally important to have those kinds of voices continue throughout the journey of that product development. It's those voices that will keep folks on track by asking the critical questions that people may not have been thought about. Because when you start to include a broader set of people, there are different questions that must be considered in order for solutions to be tangible responses for what their needs are. And so looking at those voices throughout the process of development, and then even at the latter stages, when the product is thought to be complete, those people have to be part of the testing. They have to be part of the feedback. Now, as companies begin to sort of get into this idea of 
making technology accessible for all people right from the get-go. How do you think it might change the way products are designed, especially technology products? I think it will change in that companies will now embrace the opportunity to find the people who can give them that feedback, who can give them the understanding of the pros and cons of what they're proposing. I also think that it's critical that not only are you looking at outside um, sources to help inform the idea and maybe even a process, but that you have folks who are internal, you hire people who are diverse, you hire people who have these experiences and now aren't trying to translate the external conversations or perspectives, but are also contributing in ways that can help interpret in more meaningful ways. They have to be courageous and given the space to be courageous to contribute. Because if you're not giving them the space to contribute, then you're just basically checking the boxes. A lot of companies and a lot of owners might kind of balk at this idea of creating all of these customized sort of solutions for each different diverse group that they're addressing. But really, it's not so much about that. How difficult is it to bring inclusivity into technology design? Well, I think inclusivity will be the differentiator. Yeah, there will probably be some products that need some kind of accommodations because of the nature of what they are. But the goal of the company and the goal of the product development team should be to figure out how to design a product that is inclusive as broadly as it can be to accommodate the range of people that may use it. Let's talk a little bit about what it means for a company that doesn't include this idea of inclusivity and diversity in their product development. What could happen if a company is just sort of ad hoc throwing things into the market and saying, well, this is what you got. Good luck, you know? Well, I think our consumers, our users are becoming more sophisticated. They're becoming more discerning. And even if they're not fully included, they understand that they're not included and they want to be included, or at least they want the opportunity to be included. And for those companies who are not making the effort to be inclusive, they will lose. We see now, you know, over the years that even just taking the millennial group, you know, they are not brand loyalists. They are folks who are being guided by the experiences that companies are providing them, the value that aligns with their own. And if you're not providing it, then they won't follow and these companies will be in peril. You see through communications, just in advertising nowadays, where you see these companies are promoting and projecting higher values of inclusivity through their their messaging. People are paying attention to that. And the next step is to make sure that you're delivering on what that promises but people are paying attention. So I think those companies who think they can ride out what success they currently have will find that that road is going to end more quickly than they expect. So it's really business imperative that companies integrate this inclusivity and this diversity into their product from the get-go. Otherwise, they're going the way of the dinosaurs. Eric, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, I think you've provided a lot of really valuable insight. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. That's all for this episode of Innovation Unrestricted. This custom series is produced by Fastco Works in partnership with Lenovo. I'm Abigail Bassett. Our producer is Avery Miles, and our editor is Nicholas Torres.